You're listening to the Michael Papinchak Show. All right, what's up? Let's do it. I'm going to fly solo today. I, I'm, I'm not sure where Jay is. I think he's probably out cruising in his new Ferrari because his car is at his house. So he's probably out rolling in his new Ferrari. Um, I couldn't do a show yesterday, uh, which was Thursday. So I'm actually doing it uh, after 7 p.m. here on Friday night. I, I had a date last night. So I, uh, I was kind of, uh, I was busy. I was preoccupied. I went on uh, something that's very rare for me, which is a date with a young lady. And, you know, I was kind of, you know, I was kind of thinking about it. You know, I've always wanted to do stand up. And every so often I'll kind of think of uh, some, um, I'm, I'm trying to get some Purell here. There's no Purell coming out of this thing. You know, I always like, I, I sometimes think of like funny bits to do. Maybe something that like could be a stand up joke. And you know every stand-up has their has their rap about dating and about men and women. You know the difference between men and women. You know men da 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 da. You know da 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 da. You know what I mean? And it's you know women da 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 da. You know it's like I'll never understand them. You know actually one of my one of my favorite actually is Jeff Foxworthy has a bit about how women like to say they're smarter than men. And he goes, well, what women don't understand is that they're smarter than than a creature that, when he takes off his underwear, will grab it with his foot, flip it up, and catch it in midair. Like, that's what they're claiming to be smarter than. So it's not exactly the <laughs> a great a great claim. But so I was thinking about it, you know, men love sports, right? That's like the, the cliche, it's the thing. Men love sports. Women love shopping. Okay. Men love trucks and tools. You know, Jay and all his buddies, how they love all their cars and stuff. And women like jewelry and purses and clothes, you know. So I was thinking, you know, what 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 motivates a guy to ask someone out on a date or to talk to women? And it's like football. You know, offensively, every play in football... Pretty much. I'm sure there are exceptions. But every offensive play is designed to score a touchdown. Like, you realize that, right? If everything goes correctly, even if you're backed up all the way to your end zone, a play you call is pretty much designed to score. To get all the way down, whether it's a pass or a run, Pretty much every play is designed to score a touchdown. And the way you know that is when you play the game Madden. Because I would all I I only played briefly years ago. I never I've never been into uh video games with sports like hockey video games or football or basketball or anything. And I would always, you know, do these certain plays because I would always score on them. And, and you watch it and you realize that if you look like, because, you know, when you play Madden, 
you know, if you want to do play one, two, three, four, it shows you, okay, this receiver's going to go there. The running back's going to go there. And there's these arrows. And you realize, you know, if those arrows keep going, where do they lead? Like, if the person gets the ball and they're able to get all the way down the field, where does it go? It goes to the end zone. So every play in football, offensively, and even some defense, if you think about like having when you had like Troy Polamalu like on the field, you even have some defensive plays that are, if Troy's in the right space, he could intercept and score a pick six, which is my favorite play in football, the defensive touchdown. They're designed to score. So ladies, you have to understand, understand something about men. Anything we do, any play we make, it's designed to score. If a man texts you, hey, what's up? What he's hoping for is that literally what, what, he, what he's praying for, literally what he, he, he it's, like, it's like when you watch a show. Like I watch Scrubs every morning. And, you know, Zach Braff is uh, at the uh, hospital and Elliot says, oh, uh, you know, uh, J.D., like, I need somewhere to stay tonight. And J.D.'s like, well, just, you know, stay over my my apartment. And then, you know, J.D.'s in his room and his PJs, and he can see Elliot across the thing, like, brushing her teeth. And then he walks over and just starts making out. And that, But that doesn't happen. That's a TV show. Okay? But it's a fantasy we have of how we would like things to happen. Okay, so th- so ladies, I'm just going to tell you right now, anytime a guy, okay, texts you, yo, what's up? Hey, what's going on? What he's hoping, because again, it's a play, and the play that he's making saying hello via text message is meant to score. No, no matter how small it seems, it's designed to score. So, hey, what's up? Beep, beep, your phone, text. This is what he's hoping you say. This is literally, like, best case scenario. Couldn't, like, it, is, it would be phenomenal. Hey, not much. You want to have sex? That's what he's hoping for. That's literally, literally, like, best case scenario. Literally exactly what he's hoping for. Oh, hey, I'm just chilling, just, just getting naked, about to jump in the shower. You want to join? He'll get he'll get ready and dressed faster than you could ever believe. That's what he's hoping for. Because that little play there is designed to eventually score. And the quicker the girl's on board, the happier he is. I'm, I'm not, I mean, that's literally what's going on there. You want to go on a date? That is meant to score. That is the goal of that evening is to somehow get into a, a position, literally, to score. And I just kind of thought of that, you know. And Jace, and you know, and then what? So why doesn't every play in football score a touchdown? Because there's defense. That's the whole point. Is that you hope to put yourself. Or do or execute your play so perfectly that the defense can't uh, defend it and and you score. It's that simple. I just dropped my phone. 
Like, you know what I mean? I mean, it's that simple. So you have defense. So in this scenario, the man is the football team. Things he does are the plays. Every play is meant to score. So why doesn't he? Because of the defense. And that is, of course, women. And I was explaining this to Jason. I was kind of trying out the bit on with uh, Jason over the phone. And he goes, sometimes you even lose yardage. And that's true. Sometimes you say something, do something, and it doesn't work, and you actually lose yardage. Like, you were on your way to score, but then you did something, and now you've moved further away. The nice thing about football, though, is it's very kind of black and white, where you're on the 20-yard line. you got 80 yards to go. Okay, now you're on their 20-yard line. You're in the red zone. You know, the red zone is like you're, ba- like, you're like making out. You're, you're, you know, you might be maybe touchy feely, you know, things are happening. You know, the thing about dating is that there's no, there's no way to know unless you, of course you're in the red zone and you're going in, into the end zone. That's pretty apparent. But when the other team is kicked to you, you know, you get a touch or, you know, you, you, um, now you're starting on the, on the 20 yard line. It's hard to know. Where you are, you midfield, you still on your side of the field, You're maybe you're on her side of the field a little bit, it's hard to know until you get to that red zone, 20-yard line, and you're about to score. Maybe you get a BJ, and that's kind of like a field goal. You know, that's kind of like a field goal, you know? You, you kind of got a little something-something, so you still got some points on the board, something to tell your, uh, your buddies, hey, we got a little BJ, that's a field goal, you know? But the women, they're the defense. And they're good. Defense wins championships. That's that's the saying. And women are good. They're really, really good. And they will they'll 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 block you from scoring as often as they can. Cause that's their job. They're they're like the steel curtain, man. They're like the Steelers of the the nineteen seventies. You ain't getting through that curtain. No way. Anyway, so that that was my little uh, stand-up bit idea. Um, I still think if I ever did stand-up, my my first my first line would be, "Well, you know, I really want to give up drinking, but uh, I kind of want to have sex again, so that's not going to happen." I think that's hilarious. I don't know if it would get a laugh. I hope you're laughing. I have no idea if that would get a laugh. I don't think I'd be good at stand-up. I've always wanted to do it. I think I'm much funnier in conversation. I don't know if I could, you know, make that into, you know, something else. I'm not sure if I could write comedy, you know, to make the stories that I think are funny and tell. If if I could make, because, you know, stand-up's about making something universally funny. You know, like I was, like, listening to Dane Cook well, I listen to the comedy, the comedy greats. And it's all about finding those things that are universally shared experiences. But that's the nice thing about dating, though, is if you go in front of an audience, 99% of the people there have dated. They might be on a date. I could be ruining their date by saying, ladies, everything your man is doing tonight that you're with is designed to score. Hey, can I buy you a drink? Hopefully it loosens you up enough to allow him to score. Hey, let's go back to my place. 
so we could get on my bed and score or sit on my couch and at least get a field goal. I mean, it's, it's just, I don't know what else to say. That that's that's the secret, ladies. That that's it. It's not a secret. Every stand-up comedian in the world has a bit about that crap. But I, I just thought, you know, maybe one day I could put something together. Maybe I should just listen to all my shows. I mean, we're we are really up there. We are approaching. We are approaching um, show one hundred here quicker and quicker each week. Um, let me see. I haven't really updated. Yeah, we're at show 96. This is now, excuse me, this is now 90. I just had some Chipotle, and uh, it's kind of like it's creeping up on me. I had a very long, interesting day at work, and I went and got some Chipotle. So anyway, we're we're creeping up on. So we're this is TMPS 97. We are slowly, slowly but surely uh, getting our way to 100. So... You know, the thing about, you know, this business is you you try to be like on a team. You know, I mean, everyone is there um you know, doing their their own thing and trying to sell their own cars and only really one person can sell a car te- technically, but you know, I decided my buddy was like, "Listen, I'm on vacation. This guy really wants to take this this car tonight." Can you help me out? I said, of course. Of course I can help you out. Not a problem. He goes, I'll be there at 5, sign the paperwork, and go. Well, we, we close at 6. Not a big deal. An hour is plenty of time as long as everything is done. The car is detailed. The paperwork is printed. An hour is plenty of time to deliver a vehicle. So it's 5.30 and I think, well, hey, shit happens. People run late. So I call him, and he goes, oh, well, I'm like five minutes away. I've never met this dude. I don't know who he is. It's not my deal. I'm just helping. Then he goes to check out the vehicle, and he goes, can I test drive it? And I'm like, test drive it? Aren't, I'm thinking to myself, aren't you buying it? <laughs> okay, hey, let's test drive. It's your, it's your car. So we test drive it. Then we get to my thing. He goes, well, I, I need, I, and I get my finance manager. He goes, oh, I need to make a phone call. It's like 6 o'clock or like 6.10 or something. I'm like, a phone call? Okay, go go make a phone call. Like an hour had passed. We, he wanted to look around the vehicle, test drive it, you know, this, that, and the other. It's now 6.30. He's still on the phone. And he was like, I'm just not sure if I want to buy it. I'm like, what are you talking about? Well, everything's done. Like, I put the plate on the car. Everything's printed. You know, it's really interesting. And, of course, I'm not I'm not part of this deal. I'm just helping. So I don't really know the whole background. But I got to tell you, it, it was just, I said, just come back tomorrow. Like, we've been closed for a half hour. Uh, I will see you tomorrow. Or someone will. Because, I mean, if unless you're going to sign all this paperwork and drive off, I mean, well, I don't know. I mean, if you're unsure, go home and think about it. Make a phone call. I don't know who you're talking to, but I was under the impression that you were signing and driving the car home. 
And he had all kinds of questions. And I said, dude, I can't answer these questions. I, I'm, just a, I'm just a facilitator. I'm just here to make sure you sign everywhere that you need to sign, hand you the keys, and say thank you very much for your business. I don't really know what's going on. So I said, come back tomorrow. But, uh, you know, it's, it's just, it was just a weird day. You know, um, when I first started in the business, uh, one of the top guys told me, you know, the more, the more you sell, the more issues you have. And some days are like selling days, and some days are issue days. Like today was kind of like an issue day. Yesterday as well. Well, not yesterday. The, I was off yesterday, Wednesday. Kind of like, okay, if I sell a car today, great. If I take a new guest today, great. Um, but I have a lot of shit to take care of. A lot of little loose ends, little this, that, and the other. You know, like, uh, got to get this together, got to get that together kind of thing. And uh, oh, I'm tired. Oh, boy, am I beat. I'm so tired. This, it's been a long week. Um you know, Larry and Marissa and Camila, they're up in Seattle and my mom's up there and I just got a text that they're they're going to Vancouver. And I just wish I could be there, you know, to help them start this new chapter in their lives. You know, it's really crazy. He's my little brother, you know what I mean? He's nine years younger than me. I remember him as a baby, as a little kid. And it's so incredible to see a young man. Uh, in his 20s with this beautiful young family, you know, starting this life in a foreign place. I've never been to Seattle. I've never been to Washington State. Uh, to me, it's so foreign. I mean, they're going to Vancouver. They're just going to go get some poutine, I guess, or something up there. I, I mean, the Vancouver Olympics was like one of my favorite sporting events of all time. And I really hated the fact that um, I, I didn't go. But it's one of those things where you just, I was, I didn't think about it. You know what I mean? Like, because to me, the Olympics are always in some faraway weird place, you know, like Sochi. Where the hell is Sochi? You know, and uh, uh, Beijing. Like, I'm not going to go to Beijing, you know, to, you know, uh, watch shot put or something. But Vancouver, I mean, compared to Sochi and Beijing is so close. You know, it's on the same continent. And I'm watching the Vancouver Olympics. I said, Mom, you know, we should have gone. We could have easily gone, you know, for a little bit. I don't know what we'd have seen. I think it would have been cool just to be there. Maybe not even see any, um, see anything. I don't know. I have no concept of how much like a ticket costs to see curling or how far in advance. Or is it kind of like Disney World where it's like a, like a full park pass or something, or do you just get tickets for the Magic Kingdom? You know what I mean? Like, I don't, I have no concept of how the Olympics work. You just like get a hotel room, fly into Vancouver, and just like hope for the best? Like, how could have we even gotten a, a hotel room? How far in advance do you have to plan it? You know, I mean, I, I mean, I'm all these things are coming to mind now, but at the time, I just thought, shit, mom, let's just get in the car and go to Vancouver. This take will take a few days to drive all the way up there, maybe longer. I don't know. See some curling or skiing or something, and then go go home. I just thought I love it. So they're they're up in they're probably in Vancouver by now. I have no concept of how far it is from Seattle, but I've seen a lot of great pictures. Camila seems very happy. 
uh, they have in this home. Apparently, um, you know, Camila, we have a lot of nicknames for her. Um, Kamimi is one that we use. It turned into Mimi, and uh, uh, she says this is Mimi's house. So she's already, you know, taken ownership of their new home. Um, I call her Babushka, and that's because, you know, we're, we're part Polish, right? And Camila is some percentage Polish. I have no idea mathematically what percentage of anything she is, to be completely honest. And she was wearing this, like, little hood thing, and she just looked like a Babushka baby. And I, I just I just call her Babushka. I think it's funny. You know. She gets to call me no-no. Nino. It's supposed to be Nino, but she says no-no. I've been trying to, like, talk to her on the phone a little bit. I want to FaceTime. You know, I haven't seen the house. I'm sure they'll, they'll send pictures uh, once, you know, they get all the furniture in and all that stuff. But I really wish I was there. Um, I think it's just, it's nice to be, to have those memories, to be part of, you know, my, uh, one of my siblings, like, like when we moved, like I was there when we moved Nicole to LA, um, I was there when we took Danielle to college, you know, I was there, I don't know, was I there when we took Larry to college? I don't remember if I was there, I don't know if I was there, but I was I was part of his because I was in New York, so I was able to go to Philly, you know, his graduation, help him move out of his apartment, you know, I help him move back to Pittsburgh. You know, it's nice to be part of your sibling's journey, you know. I, I like that. Like, I wish I was there. Like, if it was up to me, I'd be there helping him in this next step. And I feel anxious not that I'm not there. You know, I feel weird that I'm not part of it, helping and even if it's just watching Camila while they set up their bedrooms and and stuff, you know, but it's really strange to just be here in Mars, just hanging out, thinking about, okay, I got to do a show and then I don't know, maybe I'll go to Bamboo, you know, I don't know, just, it's just strange, but. They're so far away, and it kind of sucks. But thank God for technology, because technically I could see Camila every day as long as she'd be okay with FaceTiming at least for like a little bit. Um, and I have Samsung phones now, but I have an iPad somewhere where I'm sure uh, we could we could FaceTime. So um, not going to be a long show. It's it's me solo. Basically, we're just gearing up for 100. I mean, I, I hope Jason joins me for show 100. He hasn't been on the last two shows. He uh, has my Chico shirt. Larry finally got us our Chico shirts. Um, I think Jay was going to drop it off um, for me yesterday, but yesterday was my day off, and I had a delivery at 1.30, and I thought, that's fine. I can go in for 1.30, spend an hour, uh, show the guy the car, well, the guy showed up at 10.30. Well, what the hell was that? So I had to put my pants on and get to work to do, you know, to do it. So my day got all messed up. I ended up sleeping half of the day. And then um, Jay called me to get me my Chico shirt, and I was asleep. And uh, so he has it. I don't know where I, I don't know where he is. He's probably cruising in his Ferrari so, somewhere. And, hell, speaking of cars, 
you know, I got my car detailed today. We have an army of detailers at the dealership, and they're phenomenal. And the guy quoted me a price. I said, fine. And um, I took it to him. So to like today's his, excuse me, today's his off day. So on his off day, as long as you pay him, of course, of course I'd pay him, he'll come in and do your personal car. And man, does she look pretty. Oh, because, you know, I don't think it was ever detailed because usually you buy a car, it gets detailed, then, then, then you pick it up. But not if you're an employee. This car came in, you know, they took the plastic off and... It was, you know, driven by someone and then driven by me. And I don't think it ever got like a professional detail. And I got to tell you, it makes a difference, man. It makes a difference. And I'm I'm probably going to, I mean, it was pretty reasonable. And honestly, um, probably should have paid him more. But I got to tell you, he did a great job. And I really, it, she looks phenomenal. And I j it just makes it look so much better when everything is like Fully, I mean, even the center console of all this stupid crumbs and shit that just get everywhere. I mean, totally cleaned out. Looks fantastic. But, you know, I, I just, I mean, I do a show every Friday. And, you know, I was thinking today, you know, I don't like doing shows by myself. Jay obviously doesn't want to be on every show. So uh, without him here, I really, you know, I really don't like, I don't want to do the show because I just, I don't like doing it by myself. I, I, I work too much. Like when I was in New York singing and kind of I had a more free schedule, I could sit down and like, like I want to talk about Trump. Like I what I want to do is talk about Trump in North Korea, this huge historical event. So before I would sit down, I would read articles, I'd print things out, I'd highlight, I'd get quotes from Trump, quotes from Pelosi, quotes from Schumer, quotes from um, the uh uh, press secretary Huckabee Sanders you know I'd have all this like preparation I'd have a little you know what the stupid shit that all the liberals are saying um, every time they open their mouths I think another Republican gets gets its wings and gets like elected it's like a fairy you know like the Democrats say you know uh, something stupid and uh, it it just kills another Democratic or Democrats chance of ever winning again and um, I do agree that we need Pelosi to run the Democratic Party for as long as possible because the more her and Chuck Schumer talk, the more and more Republicans win. So that's that's better for the country. Uh, you can see with the economy, uh, with international relations. I mean, Trump is is doing everything that we've needed for so long. And it's incredible how much he has done in his short tenure as president because you know, I was walking through Central Park and, you know, there's the story about how they were trying to build these, these ice rinks. And if you go up, I think they're, yeah, they're, they're, they were close to where I lived, up like at 110. So if you go all the way up, not, not Midtown Central Park, all the way up Central Park, there are these ice rinks and they say Trump on them. I don't know the full story. I don't know all the details. But regardless, the government, like it always tries to do, the city was trying to build them. Couldn't do it. Couldn't get it. Get it done. Trump said, "Give me the the project." He had it done. You know uh, what is that? Under budget and ahead of schedule. And it's basically like he's taking the presidency. He's like, "I'm going to fix this country under budget and ahead of schedule. I'm going to fix this healthcare crap. I'm going to fix these terrible trade deals. I'm going to fix 
these countries taking advantage of us for all these years. We're not bankrolling anymore. This isn't post-World War II. We don't need to reconstruct Germany and Japan because we literally leveled both of the countries. We're, we're, it, we're over. You got to do your own shit now. The thing with North Korea is in the 21st century, those kind of countries shouldn't exist anymore. We shouldn't have these, these dictators anymore. You know, and I, what basically what happened is, okay, well, there's, there's two options. And Secretary Pompeo or, Pompeo, or whatever his name is, before he even went over there, or I'm sorry, before, when he went over there, before he was Secretary of State, you know, Trump sent him over, he meets with Kim Jong-un, and he basically says, Kim, you, you have two options here. Because this isn't the Obama administration, okay? This isn't a, the Bush administration. This is the Trump administration. We're, we're not afraid of you. We're not afraid of anybody. This is the United States of America. This is still the most powerful country in the world by far, regardless of how many people and money China has. We could still destroy them. Like People don't understand that. Military might is one of the most important aspects of a superpower. And we are a hyperpower. We're the only one left. Europe is weak because they've, they've become encumbered by socialism and, and very laissez-faire immigration policies. It has destroyed their stance in the world. So, what's his name? Pompeo? It doesn't matter. Pompey. Mr. Pompey, okay, Pompey, all right? He goes over. He basically says, Kim, this, this is what's going to happen. You're either going to, like, you know, meet with us, open your country up. You know, apparently Christianity is now going to be opened up, which is a great thing, into North Korea. you got to start feeding your people. Let's get rid of these nuclear weapons. Let's just stop all the silliness. Let's just let, let's bring you guys into the 21st century and make you a functioning part of the world and not, you know, like part of like an axis of evil or part of the wrong side of World War III. Because right now, World War III would be, you know, us and the Western world against North Korea and I guess Syria, maybe Iran. You know, I'm not really sure exactly, but North Korea for faux show. Okay. Okay, so that's one option, Kimmy. We could either do that where let's just get all this foolishness away, let's sign some treaties or whatever, denuclearize, and let's get your country back on, you know, on some kind of track here. Or we'll we'll do option, behind door number two is we will literally annihilate you. Like, you realize that, Kim, we literally will level your country which I'm sure could fit inside of like New England. Like we'll just we'll we'll figure out where North Korea starts and where South Korea ends and we'll just literally just level the whole North Korea part and you won't even have a country cuz you'll be dead. And I think Kim was like, you know, my grandfather this, my father that. Maybe I need to get on board. Maybe the smart thing to do is instead of fighting, because again, when you have someone like a Jimmy Carter and an Obama, a weak presence in the Oval Office, it allows things like the Iranian hostage crisis and North Korea to happen. 
because they know you are not going to retaliate in any kind of significant way. That's why under the Obama administration, Christians were beheaded by Muslims in the Middle East because they knew Obama wouldn't do anything, anything serious, anything of any kind of consequence. And so the perceived weakness of a president, United States president, creates increased turmoil because they know they can get away with it. When you have someone like a Reagan or a Trump in office, or even a George W. Bush to a certain extent, countries know that Trump's a maniac. He's crazy. I mean, he'll just, he doesn't give a shit. He gives zero fucks on his give a fuck meter. It, it's em- There's nothing. There, there's no, there, it, I'm doing this with my hands, like a whole, like a meter thing with my hands. Like there's, it's at zero. It's at negative. There are no fucks given by him. If Kim Jong-un told Pompeo to go fuck himself, instead of this whole thing in Singapore, we'd be seeing videos on CNN of a leveled North Korea. It'd be gone. It'd be annihilated. It w- we would just get rid of the threat altogether. And that's what we have to do. You know, these are plagues on the world. The radicals in the Middle East, the, 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 the crazies like Kim Jong-un, they're, they're a plague, a cancer. Okay? And Trump is the oncologist, and he's prescribing all kind of chemo. But he said something so amazing. Oh, man, I should have had that quote ready to go. Hold on, I'm going to look it up. This is, this I think, um, I mean, I, I don't know who wrote this for him. Oh, man, where is it? I, I, wonder, I wonder if I could be, if I could find it. I don't know who wrote this quote. But it's something it's something about like you know, any man can make war, but it takes a courageous man to make peace. I mean, that is unreal. That's unbelievable. Because that's that's true. Think about it. Anyone could sit in the situation, well, okay, this is kind of hard to say, but think about it. You could sit in the comfort of the situation room, surrounded by the Joint Chiefs of Staff, looking at some kind of satellite view of a country, thousands of miles away, and they could look at you and say, well, sir, should we launch the missiles? And yes, it's heavy. And yes, it's hard. But imagine, instead of launching the missiles, going and meeting with the leader of that country, face-to-face, literally someone who you would have no qualms of killing, destroying for the safety of the world, and meeting him and saying, why don't we be courageous men and make peace? Because it is easy for us to sit in my White House and your whatever palace, wherever he Kim Jong-un hangs out, 
and decide to launch missiles at each other. That is easy. What is hard is coming together and making peace. And the liberals, of course, of course, they're liberals, they're idiots. Of course, they will say, this didn't mean anything, this legitimizes him, he kills his people. Well, Trump was like, well, it's either this or we bomb each other. So, liberals, do you either want me to be a war hawk, which you will attack me for? Oh, well, he's just he's just attacking North Korea to help his businesses. Now he's making peace with North Korea so he can put a hotel in North Korea. You see, you, you, you can't win with them. And that's why Trump just ignores them. That's why Trump just says CNN fake news, okay? It's fake news. It's the worst fake news, okay? Because he knows no matter what he does. But that but his but his fuck meter is so his his give a fuck meter is so low that it doesn't matter to him. It doesn't matter. Whatever they say, whatever CNN, the fake news CNN wants to say about him, whatever Nancy Pelosi, Chuck Schumer, they're losing. They're losing. Because he keeps winning. I'm sick of winning. He said you are going to be sick of winning. And he continues and continues and continues to win. And regardless of what was actually accomplished, regardless of what came out of that specific meeting, it doesn't matter. The meeting happened. They met. He did something no other president could do or was willing to do. And this is just the beginning. You're not going to solve it all in one day. You know what I mean? This could now bring peace in a place where we thought we would have to go to war with. I mean, imagine if, well, I guess it's a little different because of 9-11. I'm just, I'm just trying to think of President Bush with like Saddam Hussein. But there's, that's, a, that's very different though because well, I guess I mean with with the with the Korean War in the 50s, we were at war in Korea. So, you know, that did that that war resulted in North and South Korea, etc. You did have George H.W. Bush fighting against Saddam Hussein in the first Gulf War. But let's say 9/11 happened. Let's say that that happened. Now we're considering Saddam Hussein the next you know, hostile thing, harbor of terrorists weapons of mass destruction, whatever, whatever. What if Bush was like, you know what? Instead of just bombing him, what if I go over there? Or not over, because, you know, they. you think about it. They they met in Singapore. They didn't meet in North Korea, Trump and Kim Jong-un, or in the United States. They met in kind of like more of a neutral kind of thing, more of a kind of like the Super Bowl. It's not a home game. For both teams, it's an away game. So no one has the upper hand. You know what I mean? No one, it's more of just two countries meeting in another country. It's like everything's football, people. Is that is that that that's the that's basically the the moral of the story. Is because I'm a man, I could basically just relate everything to you know, you know, everything to football. I'm writing that down. Everything is football. Okay. This was the Super Bowl. Trump won the AFC. Kim Jong-un won the NFC. 
And I, I'm not trying to say Trump is more like the AFC or NFC. That was totally random. I just thought of one before the other. Please do not read into that. And the Super Bowl should be an away game for both teams. And it was. And it was a Singapore. And, you know, what if, what if Bush and Saddam Hussein met, I don't know, pick in India. I don't know. Just somewhere over there. Lebanon, how about that? Like where my car is, my freaking Benz, it's in Beirut. I still can't get over that. You know, I really want something else. I mean, you know, but I'm not into cars. Like that's, that's the thing. You know, Jay with his Countach and Ferrari and he's saying you should buy this Porsche. And I'm like, you know, it, it, the only car I would want is my Benz. That's the really the only car and I would absolutely want. You know, and like my buddy at work was like, you know, you really shouldn't buy a car unless you really want it. And I'm like, that's the thing that that Porsche that I don't really want it. There's another Porsche Jay uh, showed me. I don't want it. I, I, I have no relationship with Porsche, no desire to have one. I don't care if it's a V8, a V6, if it's turboed, if it's 19 this or 19 that. I, I don't really care. You know, I, I just, I mean, even my car, I like my car, but it's, I'm not, you know, it, it is what it is. It's, 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 uh, it's just a car. It, it, it's a means to an end. It gets me places, you know, like, I mean, they're nice to look at these, these beautiful Italian cars, but it's not something that, see, if I had money to buy a Ferrari, I wouldn't buy a Ferrari. That, that's the point. If all of a sudden I had, let's say a hundred grand. Okay, I don't know how much Ferraris are. I'm sure they're a hundred grand or whatever. Doesn't matter. I wouldn't buy a car. I was thinking about it. Well, first off, if I had a hundred grand right now, I'd pay off my student loans. But let's say my student loans are paid off. Let's say I'm in a position where because because those kind of cars, you really should only buy those kind of cars if you're in a position to do so. If other things have been taken care of, I mean, if you're struggling to pay your mortgage, you shouldn't be buying a car like that. If you have student loans, you shouldn't be buying a car like that. You have to take care of your response. If you have kids going to college, you should put that in a college fund and not buy a car like that. So let's say I'm at a point in my life where I have a hundred grand now to spend. Kids are through college. Mortgage is fine. I can pay all my bills. Now I can have some fun. I am not going to buy a car. You know, you know what I thought about? You know what I would buy? I would buy an original Alex Ross painting of Superman. That's what I would buy. I was thinking about it. That's exactly what I would buy. Because I do have Alex Rosses, but you know, they're not like originals. They're they're um they're like artist prints. You know, like they're I, I think they're like touched up by him. Like they have they 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 have been touched by him by him as far as like he he's painted on them, he has signed them. But they are they are they are prints, and I have like number fifty out of two hundred and ninety seven or something. Like like you know what I mean. I would probably buy an original, an actual full on, like um, you know, painting, not a print, by Alex Ross, because that to me is much more valuable than a vehicle would like ever be 
Because at the end of the day, it's just a car. You know, having an Alex Ross painting, someone who was literally considered probably the greatest comic book artist of all time, literally won the award so much that they stopped giving the award. To have an original painting of his would be extremely valuable to me. I just decided to go Facebook Live. I'm 45 minutes into the show. I can't get my phone to like, oh my God, people must be like, what's going on with Michael here? His phone is going nuts. I just can't get it to like stay sh like at all straight here. Here we go. But there's Superman behind me. But you know, you think about what is important to you. You know, that's the thing. You know, maybe if I had that money to spend, maybe I'd build an actual studio. Though I was thinking, I didn't finish this thought earlier, and it just came to my mind. You're probably wondering, Michael didn't finish this thought. You know, if Jay doesn't want to be on the show for every show, and I'm scrambling every week to get a show out on Fridays, and I hate to do them by myself, I was thinking maybe after Team PS100, I'd switch to a format that wasn't every week. You know, because like, I was just looking up No Laughing Matter. Of course, everyone needs to go and uh, check out Justin Mocha's show, This Is No Laughing Matter. I'm on their uh, um, SoundCloud right now. And he has now, let me see, uh, 17 shows. And he's put out two shows this week. But then, like, show 15 was 13 days ago. So, you know, he's not really doing it every week. Show 14 was 21 days ago. So I think, you know, I might start doing it more like, because if, if it's only me, I don't want to do it. Okay, I, I don't want it to be only me. That's, that's boring. I don't have a lot to say. Okay, it's, it's boring. I like having other people on the show to get perspectives, to have conversation. So I, basically I'm thinking that after TMPS 100, the show is going to enter a different format where, like, it's just, it's on when it's on. Whenever I can get Jay in here and whenever he agrees to do a show, that's when we have a show. And I can go back to kind of editing it, taking my time with it, making it, you know, like, what I would love to do is, like, actually have sound bites of stupid shit that Nancy Pelosi said about Trump. Or at least have time to do some research about, so I could at least quote her. You know, you know, we've legitimized this. Only China won. And again, none of that matters. None of that matters. People, I was talking to my date about this last night, is the 24-hour news cycle has ruined our perspective. The news was this. Last night, Donald Trump met with North Korean leader Kim Jong-un in Singapore in what was an historic event. Okay, that's, that's the news. Maybe it's a little more. Kim Jong-un and Donald, President Donald Trump signed this that said this, this, and this. And that's the news. But they got to fill 24 hours. So now the news is just opinion. And now that Cuomo guy thinks he's like some, you know, genius political mind, but he's just an idiot journalist on CNN, which is a failing network. So now it's no longer about what's, what's real. It's just about what people's opinions are, which has completely ruined our perspective 
on things. I think what, what Trump is doing is he's coming in, he's basically just knocking all of that away. And he just he's just like, none of it matters. If you care too much about what the media thinks and says, then you're not going to do anything or get anywhere. So I'm thinking of maybe, you know, changing the format of the show so it's I, ha- I can actually give you more quality than quantity. I mean, I like doing it every week. I look forward to it. But if it's not going to be something that people participate in, uh, you know, it's, it's just not, it's not fruitful. It's just, just an hour of just jibber jabber. So, um, but you, you need to jump over and because my, the, the greatest thing that the show has ever done is create another show. And I love the fact that Justin Mocha came onto my show a couple times, few times and had such a wonderful time that he decided to invest his own time, energy, and creativity in creating his own show, This Is No Laughing Matter, which can be found on SoundCloud. And uh, his newest show, which came out eight hours ago, is called uh, The uh, the Batman Catfish, which is a phenomenal name. Then Don't Be Sorry, Be Better. I like that. I like that. A fresh take on Roseanne and dismantling gender Reveal parties. Gender reveal parties. I'm a dude. There, I just I just revealed my agenda. I'm a dude. Um you know, the thing with like Roseanne. I don't know. It, it's hard to say. It, it is. You know, it is what it is. It's just a bunch of cowards. Let her stay on the air. L- let them work it out. Like, you know what I mean? It's all these networks, they're just all cowards. But uh, definitely head over to SoundCloud and look up This Is No Laughing Matter. And you know what I should be doing? Every show, I should wear a Chico shirt. So my Facebook Live uh, watchers can, you know, can see what a Chico... Because this is just a, I don't know, it's a Tommy Bahama t-shirt uh, that I've probably... This, probably, th- this t-shirt is now gray. It was probably like blue when I first bought it, but after 50,000 washes, it's now just this kind of mute gray. I'm also, I'm painting a big, 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 big painting for um, my mother, and I'm not very happy with it. Um, I, I'm Hopefully when it's done, I get a little more happy with it, but right now, I don't know, it just looks like shit, and I think it's because it's so big, I really had no concept of how to handle such a large canvas the mountains are really big and bold, and I wanted them to be a little bit more like far away. And I'm trying to figure out how to get the 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 foreground in and them in the background. And I think I might have you know bit off a little more than I could chew with that giant canvas. But um, uh, you know, I, I guess we'll we'll just have to see um, about that. But uh, but you know, um, we are gearing up here for TMPS 100, the 100th show. Hopefully, I can get some people participating in that 100th show, um, and we will see. Um, uh, we'll see what the future of TMPS is. And I mean, after 100 shows, it's been a phenomenal run, and it's been a lot, a lot of fun. And uh, you know, kind of like football, there just comes a time where, you know, maybe 100 shows was was the show. Maybe that's just what TMPS is and 
and uh, should be, or maybe there needs to be. I mean, because I, I thought I should have consistency. Every Friday, you, you can expect an episode. So no matter what, people are like, you know, I've been, I wonder what Mike Papinchak is up to, and I wonder if he's still doing his show. Well, you know, it's Friday. There should be a new show today. Or, you know, it's Saturday. He probably put out a show yesterday. So, you know, you just know right away that there's going to be a show. I don't know. I mean, let's just see. I, the, the, you know, when the show started, I was a lot less busy. And I was more kind of like I could do a show any time of the day. Um, I was busy in the evenings, had all day to prepare. I mean, you should see there's there's notes of all kind of stuff. Now I get home from a long day at work. I sit in front of the microphone and hope something comes out. And without Jason here, you know, it's just me. And, uh, you know, I throw on the uh, the uh, Facebook Live because I love to see, uh, you know, if anyone is watching and if anyone's commenting or seeing what's going on this evening. It's only about just after 8 o'clock. I'm probably going to wrap up here. Uh, I don't know if I'm going to head to Bamboo tonight. I'm actually super tired. But I know if I go to sleep right now, I'm going to wake up at what? If I go to sleep at 8.30, what's going to happen? I'm going to wake up at like midnight or 1 in the morning and be up all night. And I start off the work tomorrow. So, you know, that's how that typically goes. But I think that's enough for uh, TMPS 97. Again, we are just uh, kind of waiting for the big, the big show, the big 100. It's coming up. And uh, it kind of blows my mind because I feel like I just started the show. But really, I started the sh show 97 weeks ago. Like, what have I done in those 97 weeks? I kind of wonder. Maybe, maybe I'll have to review that. Maybe that'll be part of TMPS 100. What have I done in the last 100 weeks of my life besides the show every week? Well, you'll just have to listen to TMPS 100 to find out. Thank you for watching on Facebook Live. And uh, thank you for listening. And we'll see you next week on The Michael Papinjack Show. For all your tailoring needs, head up to Chico Tailors at 133 West North Street, Butler, PA, 16001. Call them at 724-287-5814. Email them at info at chicotailors.com. Chico is spelled C-I-C-C-O. Over four generations of experience goes into every garment.